So at the end of the day, that optimistic viewpoint really does um, have so much on our psyche and our, and how we perceive the world. Right. And here's the thing, if you're really good at being pessimistic, mm-hmm. you could be phenomenal at being <laughs> optimistic because really it's the same thing, just flipped. Yes, just flipped, right. Welcome to the Audacious Living Podcast. Hosted by my man, Audley Stevenson, the odd man. He'll unpack wisdom and insights from a cross-section of top quality performers in business, media, sports, entertainment, and lifestyle to uncover key elements to help you live your best audacious life ever. So without further ado, here is the odd man. Greetings and salutations, folks. It's Audley Stevenson back for another edition of the most audacious podcast the internet has to offer. You got it locked to the Audacious Living Podcast, and I appreciate you for being here as we continue our ongoing goal of helping our listeners live their best audacious lives ever. As always, I encourage you to check us out on uh, check us out on social media. You can subscribe to us on our YouTube channel by by tapping the bell down below ding 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 and that way you are connected to all great things audacious related now the topic of conversation on this edition of the podcast is all about what it really means to be a tough-minded optimist now the oxford dictionary defines tough-minded as someone who is strong determined and able to face up to reality Optimists live with the knowing that you know the sun will rise every day, and and that uh, they're hopeful uh, about the future. When you bring the two together, you've got a powerful combination. And to be completely honest with you, I'd never heard of the term tough-minded optimist prior to meeting today's guest. And so I'm really glad that Elizabeth Lewis uh, joined me here on the Audacious Living Podcast uh, to fill us in on what a tough-minded optimist is all about. Uh, She's a powerful individual herself. She's a mentor, a coach, and a therapist who has a real keen expertise in human behavior, psychology, and neuropsychology. Uh, she introduces us to the negative thinking traps we create in our heads that hold us back. And we also discuss the best ways to overcome them. It really was a great chat. And I'm confident that you'll take something away that you incorporate into your own life. So without any further ado, here's my conversation with Elizabeth Lewis. Enjoy. Elizabeth, thank you for, for joining me here on the Audacious Podcast. It's such a pleasure and a treat to have you today. Thank you. Oh, thank you for for letting me come on. It's our, I mean, we're seven minutes in and it's been, or well, we've been talking for seven minutes and it's been so much fun already. <laughs> Only seven minutes, my goodness. It seems like forever. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, again, I, I so, so appreciate uh, you being here and love the dialogue and conversations and the opportunities to talk about you know, ways individuals can live you know, their best audacious lives that we talk about here often on this podcast. And so uh, obviously the work at you as an executive business coach, helping individuals go to that next level. Um, And I I, I did see uh, um, a a, a term that I I very much, probably I'll ask about you that first, you know, being a tough minded optimist, I need to know about this. I really do. So please talk, let's, let's maybe let's get into you and your work. And I need to know how we can make people tough minded optimists. Well, it's kind of like two parts I tell people. Um, okay. First, I, I I don't, it's not one of those like chicken or the egg type of things. It's okay. it's really, which, whichever one is your weakness is probably the best one to start. Okay. You know, optimism is directly connected to how easy it is for you to trust a person and how much hope you have. So a lot of times people are more fear-based in their thinking. They're more nice. focused on like what, what they don't want to have happen versus being more faith-based and what you do want to see happen. And if you just right. take a second, faith and fear are equal in substance because yeah. neither one has happened yet. Okay. Okay. And 
you have to start to develop the best case scenario and really having an attitude of expectation that things are going to go well for you. In mm-hmm. fact, there was a study done, slight tangent. There was a study done. I forget who did it, but mm-hmm. they took um, 200 people. They had 100 mm-hmm. self-proclaimed lucky people and mm-hmm. 100 self-proclaimed unlucky people. Okay. They put a $100 bill in the same location for all 200 people and allowed them to go individually. Okay. of the self-proclaimed lucky people found the $100 bill. 100% of the self-proclaimed unlucky people miss the $100 bill. So at the end of the day, that optimistic viewpoint really does um, have so much on our psyche and and how we perceive the world. And here's the thing, if you're really good at being pessimistic, Mm -hmm. you could be phenomenal at being (laughs) optimistic because really it's the same thing just flipped. Just flipped, right. Right, right. And then for that tough mindedness, yes. at the end of the day, you're just going to have to learn how to accept criticism. And at the end of the day, criticism is so subjective when you really stop and think about it. And part of being tough minded actually connects to being bold, too, because it's learning how to function normally in uncomfortable situations. It's learning how to see obstacles, setbacks, problems as opportunities. And if you're an entrepreneur or in the C-suite world, that's your life. Yeah, it's problem you know. management. That's, that's all you know. <laughs> right, right. And so really normalize those difficulties. You know, one thing I'm learning is life is not for the faint of heart. I mean, even relationships are so difficult. Marriage, yeah. so difficult, right? Yeah, yeah. But we have this like, where's the easy button, which that <laughs> will limit you. So it's like learning how to not personalize some of the criticism or viewpoints or problems that you're in and learning to see it as a way to grow your resilience, which has to be intentionally taught and learned and developed. We're not naturally born with it. And really seeing um, adversity as a way to grow your character. I mean, do you know a person with good character that didn't go through hell? (laughs) Listen, the people with the greatest character have the toughest road ahead. Like, I mean, it just has. And, And it's funny. You, you know, you, you can you can talk to two individuals that go through two two same situations, right. right? And they'll go through the exact same situations, but their outlook on the other side is totally, totally different. And it's just really a mindset how they perceived it. Yeah, it's it, it's so true. And here's the thing: is sometimes our perspective is incorrect or is um, still with our biases and our insecurities. Yep. And at some point, you have to be as objective as possible and start to identify, like, okay what's the core belief here that's helping me believe this? What was the experience as a child? Like you have to learn how to be your, uh, your own fly in your own mental wall, if that makes sense. Yes, yes, yes. It does. It makes total sense. And I, and and I, and I, and I actually like that because you almost sort of remove yourself from the situation to give yourself a different perspective. Yes. Yes. And that's, that is such a great thing for also learning how to be that tough-minded, how to be compassionate, how to increase your trust, because there's, there's always more than one way to view something. Mm. And if you can challenge yourself to see it in different ways, it's amazing. And and, I mean, if you believe in God, it's even more powerful because sometimes the storms you think that are going to break you are actually what make you. (laughs) Yeah. It's, I mean, now in, in the moment, I mean, people will have a totally different, uh, and, I, and, I, and I can honor and respect that. I really, really yes. can. And, and, and I think, and so the one thing I oftentimes will talk to people about is, you know, if you're going through a tough time, right, you know, take whatever opportunities to heal together, take whatever time you need to get yourself to that better place, but don't stop or don't, don't stop moving forward. Continue to find a way to take that next step. Um, as difficult and as hard or as painful as it can be, there's value in keeping going. Yeah, and if you really think about it, pain is a very normal uh, sensation to experience before yeah. the beauty. I mean, think about yeah. you know children coming into the world. I've not had birth, but at the end of the day, it doesn't seem like a lot of fun at the end of the day, but there's a lot of moments where that pain is what bursts the beauty. And I think it makes us feel more appreciative too. And also if you struggle with being tough-minded, you might want to ask yourself, where are you codependent? Because sometimes there's a codependency um, development in there. Expand on codependency, please, because some people will say, I mean, that's one of the terms where people will exactly know what it is. And I'll be like, what is that exactly? Help help us for our audience there. So codependency is really being dependent on another person for you to do anything. And and it's typically created in our childhoods, obviously, and everything starts in our childhoods, right? (laughs) And, um, and, and, um, 
you one way you can really look at this too is if you feel like you can't do anything unless your partner's with you or unless you get your mom's approval right. or your dad's approval or your best friend's approval like maybe you want to sit down on the couch and like watch tv at an inappropriate time based off of what right. you were taught and you're like are feeling guilt and you're like oh i need somebody's permission right so it's right. it's almost being so others focused that you're unable to make your own decisions and usually you don't trust yourself. So you're looking for that validation from somebody else. Um, a lot of times you can have high, high nurturance and be codependent. Not always. There's always no. the exception to the rule. No. Um, codependence is always needing that, that additional person to move forward with you. It's really hard for you to do it. It's being no. like overly dependent on another person, I guess you could say. Got you. No. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. And I, and, I, and, and it is uh, 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 problematic for a lot of people being able to launch into their own world because, you know, listen, we all have our own biases and we all have our own uh, viewpoints and perspective on things. And sometimes, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll go to someone and say, Hey, I've got this idea. And they're projecting their own viewpoints and their own biases and their own fears. And they'll, they'll probably tell you is no, you don't want to do that. That's not a good idea for you, but they're not talking about for you. They're talking about for them. Right? Yes. Yeah. And it's so true. It'll hold you back. It'll hold you back. You have to learn how to trust yourself. You know, one, one way you can see if you're even codependent is if you're going to people constantly asking their opinion, mm. like, what would you do? What would you do? Like, stop that. Like, stop not sharing really. what's going on in your life right. and just take the leap of faith because the only way you're going to learn to trust yourself is through having positive experiences. I mean, this is self-confidence 101. People are always like, Tiger Woods has so much confidence because he's been playing golf for so long. And it's like, right. well, yeah, he had like, by the time he went professional, I think he had yes. 16 to 18 years That's of right. positive experiences. That's, right. That's what That's we right. want to create. That's you got to right. leave the boat. That's right. And and what happens, Elizabeth, I'm so glad you gave that example of Tiger Woods, is, is because what happens is once you start to build up a string of successes, right, yes. you now build your confidence, right? Your yes. chest gets puffier, your head gets, you hold your head up higher because you like you, you go through an experience, even a painful experience, like, yeah, I've done this before. I've already been here. I know what it feels like. And more importantly, I've already got through it. So why can't I do it again? Right. Right. And and right there, that was a perfect example of a tough-minded optimist. Mm. So good job. You just nailed it. I made it. I made it. Well, there you go. Thanks for that. <laughs> Thanks for that. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, talk to me about thinking traps and 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 what they do to us from uh, uh, and how well, how they hinder us from a performance standpoint. Yeah, so thinking traps come from cognitive behavior therapy, CBT, CBT, excuse me, very popular. And thinking traps, the jargon there is cognitive distortions. And you can think about it as your automatic negative thoughts. It's your okay. knee-jerk reaction. There's 17 of the most common ones. Um, okay. And I have a, a thinking trap quiz that actually scores you okay. on where you fall for each, each um, thinking trap. But, you know, if you're a perfectionist, some of the examples for perfectionism or people struggling with that perfectionistic mindset are like all or nothing thinking or should statements or catastrophizing. Mm. And so what happens is you start to predict the future almost, or you're trying to, which is its own thinking trap, based <laughs> off of your past experiences without really thinking about it. About it. And so what happens is your automatic thoughts are those thinking traps. And they're, again, the knee-jerk reaction. And they're very fast, super, super, super fast. Right, right. And they're stemming from a core belief. Like for perfectionism, it would be, I'm incompetent. I'm not good enough. Gotcha. And so it's, it's a fear-based thinking that's going to hold you back because it's fear-based. Mm. It's filled with the pessimism. It's filled with not going to be able to. So it's going to limit your ability to move forward and be objective and rational with, with, with your thinking, because you're, you're really not thinking you're just reacting Got you. based off of past experiences. Got you. So, so, so the, it really goes, I mean, that, that expression thoughts become things really is real here because our thoughts are creating these things that we have now in front of us. So if you see anything negative, that's what you're, you're thinking negative. That's what you're going to see. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, have you ever driven past a sign and you swore it said, you know, something and then you drove past it when you were calm and you're like oh it doesn't actually say or reading an email a lot of people do it with emails right <laughs> yeah. they're they're overwhelmed with an emotion and they're just um you know their brain fills in kind of the rest of the information and so you want to start to identify your thinking traps because here's the thing 95 percent of our thoughts are the same every single day like so at some yeah. point you, yeah you gotta be you gotta you gotta start to learn yourself because at some point 90 
that, no, no, I want to go back. That, that's 95% our thoughts are the same. Thoughts are the same every day. Every, and here's the worst part. Wow. One to 99% of those thoughts can be negative. The average person has 80% negative thoughts. Wow. 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 That's, that's a good. And, 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 and so tough mind and optimist, where they fit into that? Like, they, they, do they have these same thoughts, but the difference being they don't let them hold them back. Is that kind of what we're. we're yeah, saying? that would be the, and, and I, and for me personally, since it's kind of what I do, obviously it's less and less, or gotcha. for sometimes when I'm in my, out of my comfort zone, I'm away. I'm, I'm already ahead of the game because I know, okay, catastrophizing is coming. Should statements are coming and all or nothing thinking it's going to be a guarantee. And at some point, if only statements are going to come. And so mm -hmm. I can kind of get ahead of it versus being like, ah, when it yeah. comes. Right, right, right. And, and, and by getting, so, and, and what we want to be clear, it's not that we, we can do anything to stop the thoughts from coming, but shrink or limit the amount of time they choose to spend in our heads. Right. It's like learning to take your thoughts captive and, and the ones that aren't accurate or the ones that are more surfacy, just letting them pass like a gray cloud. You can't really control what thoughts you're going to have, but you can control which thoughts you're going to meditate and fixate on. But as you change your beliefs and your viewpoint, right, this is neuroplasticity, you'll actually start to shift to have different thoughts. Most people think about what they don't want to experience, which is quite frankly, stupid because we're humans. We know what we don't want to experience. Right, right. Not meditating on that, like snap out of the worry meditate on what you do want to have happen meditate on the faith med meditate on the positivity this is where that grateful mindful heart can be so powerful well Elizabeth, it's so much easier to focus on the negative <laughs> it, it actually is and it's it's actually more stimulating too so if you think about how much stimulation we have in the world with technology yes, 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 and then yes. you add how much st stimulation negativity brings to the brain mm -hmm, it, it's, mm -hmm. it's 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 fun. And I put that in air quotes, right? <laughs> but what they say, what neuroscientists are saying and finding is for every negative thought, you need to find three to five positive thoughts in that same viewpoint. So if you're like, oh, I'm going to fail, find three to five reasons to why you could succeed. Ah, see, and, 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 and I like that because oftentimes I would think that, I don't know, I'm assuming, I would think that there maybe there's, there's triggers that, that, that put us in this negative thinking pattern, whereas what you've just suggested is the same type of triggers that force us to think positive. Right, exactly. And those thinking traps would be the triggers, right? They would be the big thing. And there's something really powerful too. So I specialize in neuropsychotherapy. There's something really powerful about being really granular in your okay. thinking process okay. and really being granular with the labeling. It can help you kind of get distance and see more of the bigger picture because it's eat like, I was totally neurotic this past Friday. So okay. these storms, they happen. They still well, happen to me. I had, sure. a, I had an event that I was not prepared for. Well, and um. I, I remember thinking back once I got out of the storm, like, okay, how can I get ahead of this next time? Because the unknown is going to happen. We can't yes. predict everything. We can't prepare for everything. But when you start to figure out like what the core fear is and that way of thinking, then you can start to kind of do like a timeout in your mind's eye and get back on track and uh -huh. be more productive versus, you know, being neurotic and freaking out, which is not productive and just <laughs> ages you. Listen, and I'm so glad that you talked and touched on the the, the experience that you have because it's it, we're all impacted by this, and we all we we can't escape it. It's a normal function of just being human. Right. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm a, I'm a super positive guy, but I still have moments where my head takes us to me all you know all kinds of crazy places. And and what and so I'll, I'll, I'll let you in a little thing that I do. And I'm just, again, we little head game that I play with myself, and I actually label when I have negative thoughts, I actually label it and create a person. And so this, and, and so I call this negative person, I call him bro. bro. And I'd be like, yo, bro, come on now. Not today, bro. Not, I'm not, no, we're not, we're not doing this today, bro. No, got no time for you. And I, and I, and I can visualize, I know what he looks like. I've got in my head and I, and I, and I talk to him I'm like, bro, you got to go. And what that does, it just, it, 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 it personalizes almost. Right. And yeah. so, um, but yeah, that's just, that's, that's, that's brilliant. That's I actually I tell my clients to imagine it being a gremlin. And this is actually from the movie gremlins. And I had to get the guy with the glasses. Cause he's so, so like that movie haunted me as a that little is. girl. I watched it way too young. I think I was seven years old. No seven-year-old needs to watch that movie. Um, but it's true. And, it, and what you're also doing is something that I teach my clients, which is you have to learn how to parent yourself because we Ooh. all have a little girl and little boy inside of us. And really what you're doing is you're parenting yourself and saying, hey, 
it's all right. You got this. Like, this is not, and you're detaching because so many times we make our identity, our thoughts, if that makes sense. So you have a bad thought, you like personalize it and you run with it versus keeping it outside in front of you and being like, do I even agree with this anymore? Right. 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 You have to learn who you are as an adult, because a lot of times we keep ourselves um, frozen in time to how we were thinking as kids. Yes. Yes. You just, you don't, you don't know any better as a child. No. I I remember a story, hearing a story, um, a little girl was talking about making a a tradition in her family. um, And what they used to, when they made uh, turkey for the Christmas, right? Mm -hmm. And the grandmother used to pull the wings off the turkey and put them in the pot and cook it like all together. And, and that side of kind of be, became a tradition. So the, the mother did the same thing because she saw her grandmother do it, yeah. and it passed on. And, and no one ever asked the question, well, why do you do this? Right. Well, when you start to ask the questions, they realize that the reason why the grandmother pulled the wings off because the pot wasn't big enough. So that's all, that's all it was. She's, was just the pot was too small. So she pulled the wings off, but that then became a, a family tradition. So it's, so to your point, you know, you're doing things as a child, yeah. but you're, you're now an adult, but you're still doing childlike things, not recognizing I'm at yeah. a different place now. Yeah, it's so true. And, and, you know, what you just described there is really how you can fall into those automatic thinking patterns. And we, and we all have these automatic thinking patterns, yes. Yes. which is why you got to learn the ones that are personal for you. Like one thing that I've found in doing what I do for seven years is if if you personalize things and personal personalization is a thinking trap, then it's going to be more difficult for you to be tough-minded because you care so much about what humans think about you. You see humans as your God, which quite frankly is stupid because humans can't agree on anything, but nonetheless, (laughs) it happens, right? Like I've totally been there too. Not calling the person stupid. Just you take a second to see what you're doing and the power you're giving away. It's like opening up your front door and saying, Hey, come dig what you want. Right. It's it's all yours. Right. Like not going to fight you. And yet we wouldn't do that. So at some point, you just got to figure out like who who are you and the other thing who do you want to be like take some time to yes. intentionally identify like who do you want to be and it's yeah. amazing I make my clients do this it's I call it the I am challenge okay it's amazing what will happen when you are intentional with your thinking so I okay. tell my clients to write down a list of things traits characteristics, what have you, that they want without any restraints, Mm -hmm. you know, use Hollywood, use mentors, create it yourself, use a Disney character, whatever, write it down. And then every day for an hour a day, accumulatively think about it. And what they find is if they're consistent, and this is the hard part is that consistency. If you do it for 180 days straight, you're 90% there on the 180th day. You might not fully be there because some of these things are complicated, but what you're doing is you're teaching your brain to be solution focused and look for opportunities for you to step into that role. Mm. Because at some point you have to renegotiate the role you're playing, kind of going back to codependency. If you want to break codependency, then you have to be really clear of what, what is being an interdependent if you're in a relationship or an independent person look like what's the role that you need to play and also what are the roles or the traits or the thinking that needs to be extinguished because it's causing you to fall back into that role of caretaker or codependent you have to be intentional with your thinking and a lot of people are not even aware of their self-talk yeah no i think intentionality is big because you know the, the, the the less reactive you are uh, and, and you are being intentional, it, 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 things, you can actually line things up, they make sense. So I'm doing this because this is where I want to be, or this is the goal I'm trying to achieve, as opposed to all of a sudden just going, oh, hey, what happened next? And I didn't know what was right. going on. And I didn't, I didn't see it coming. Or yeah. like, you, again, being focus on being less reactional is kind of what the idea is. And I think that will save you in the long run. Plus, you know, there's five traits that really increase somebody's well-being, if you will. And um, the less neurotic you are, the better well-being. And when we're reacting like that, we're just being neurotic. We're just being so impulsive. And so just like at the end of the day, trying to fight a reality or control something that we really don't have control over in anyways. And if you just like take a time out and really think about it, usually you'll be like, oh, wow, I'm totally magnifying this. <laughs> bigger, bigger than it needs to be. Another thinking trap. <laughs> So there's 17 of them, you said. 17, yeah. So, so I want to make sure that we'll, you'll, you'll have to share if there's a link or something. I want to make sure to yeah. put that in the show notes so that way people can go in and, and review themselves and maybe give them and be able to see where they fit and what you know what ones are regular. Because if we're having these thoughts repeatedly over and over again, yeah. these traps are there. So make sure yeah. 
we'll, we'll, we'll do that. For sure. Um, I absolutely have to ask Elizabeth, how, how did you get into this line of work? Oh gosh, God, like hands down, it was God. Um, my bachelor's is in television producing. Okay. Okay. I now have two graduate degrees in psychology. Um, but my childhood, like many people was trauma filled. Um, my dad died and most of my family died before I was like 15 years old. Mm. My brother tried killing me literally my entire childhood. And so I finally um, left home at 16 and I was, I was dying from an eating disorder too. And so I was so mentally tortured and I had gone to therapist after therapist and no one was teaching me how to change. Sometimes, look, I'm a therapist, but some therapist, especially talk therapist, mm-hmm. it, 98% of it doesn't work. <laughs> people don't realize this. And so I was so frustrated with people being so amazed at like what I survived and overcame. I was like, cool. Can you tell me how to change? Can you tell me how to break free from the PTSD? Right. I was struggling with complex PTSD at the time and no one could tell me. So as arrogant as this sounds, I just decided to get my own master's degree. And I was like, well, I'll fix myself because I don't, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> and I fell in love with neuroscience and neuropsychotherapy. And I just used myself as a guinea pig and um, mm. just started to transform based off of some of the things. And um it all, I ended up being really talented and gifted at it that my professors before I even graduated gave me their overflow of clients. And okay. um, the rest was just kind of history. And I'm a nerd. I like love studying this <laughs> stuff. Like I love researching it. I, I have, I take a certification like every single month. Um, nice. I don't really believe in certifications. It's like, it's a business, like such a business. People don't realize this. It drives me <laughs> something, nuts. Something to say that I certified it is just to say it, right? Well, the thing that I don't get is like you pay for college. Yes. And then you have to go pay the fee to take the certification. Like in my world, the degree trumps the certification. But there's so many scams in the certification. (laughs) I don't really care about them. I just care about the knowledge. Got you. And the learning of the application. So you take that knowledge and you apply it specifically to exec as an executive business coach. Why that particular group, Elizabeth? I love working with high performers. I'm a fast thinker and a fast processor myself. So it's a little bit of alignment. Um, Also to be really honest, and and I don't want to say it in a way that's negative. So give me grace if it comes out that way. There's only so much woe is me I personally can deal with. Um, Some people want to stay negative and... like I specialize in eating disorders and like, I, I, like I had one, so I understand it, Mm -hmm. but sometimes you just want to take the people and shake them. Right. And again, I had it, (laughs) it's not going to work, but um, I just love the growth and the challenge. I also love career counseling for some reason and leadership training. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just, I just find it really fun to, to work with the high performers um, and helping them. Also, a lot of times people don't realize this, but high performers usually have sometimes horrible self-esteem. And so I love helping them connect it. Yeah. And that was a piece I was going to circle back on because one would think those high performers, those high achievers, those top leaders, they got it all together. Like those are the ones that you would turn to when you're stuck. But, right. you know, you, you, you're to, to, to hear that, you know, they've got the biggest issues in some cases, you know, that, that it doesn't totally add up in some respects. Well, I think this is where humans uh, fall into one of those biases, right? Where yeah. it's like, and it could be, and it could be that it could be my own judgments and biases as well, too, right? I mean, it could be, but I, th- I think it's a little like people have to. Like, I love when my clients say I'm a good person. I'm like, no, you're complicated. Okay, <laughs> people are complicated. We're not this again, all or nothing thinking. We're not binary like this. Um, I, you know, I think some people are just gifted and. And I think sometimes there's a tab, especially men, right? There's this taboo for men to show their emotions, mm. show their pain points. There's this taboo for like, if you're a high performer, you shouldn't have low self-esteem when at the end of the day, you're a person, right. people come with complications, right. they come with baggage. And um, I don't really know if you can fully control your intelligence at the end of the day. Like if you have ambition, sure, you can keep growing, yep. you can keep learning, yep. But, you know, some of this is really out of our control to agree. Now, I believe where there's a will, there's a way, but not everyone has the ambition. But I'll also say, you know, America is obsessed with financial success. Absolutely. We are so greedy. And one thing that I've learned, and I have an assessment that scores people on their psychometrics, but usually when someone's really, really ambitious, Uh they're greedy. Mm. And so where's that greed? Or sometimes I'll also see that leader who's got 
extreme rejection issues. And it's like, they're so autonomous that they're unreachable because really in their minds, they're just focused on saying F you to whoever hurt them in a child and proving that they're like worthy when it's like, no, you're worth hundred percent constant, regardless of what you do or you don't do. So I love the challenges, I guess, of the high performers. I mean, I think, you know, mental health counseling with like depression and eating disorders and that stuff has its own challenges. I just, I love the business aspect. I also like learning business too. Got you. No, it make, make total, makes total sense. I, and, and thanks for that uh, uh, clarification on these high performers. And again, you know, what they're going through. And maybe, maybe, they're, they're, I, maybe, maybe I'm just not a high performer myself. And that's why I don't see their challenges. Say, but none, the, the point, nonetheless, is that they, do, they have issues that they have to work through regardless of where you're at. Doesn't, you know, I've been doing psychometric testing for over seven years now. And um, seven years ago, I had no self-esteem. I mean, it was pretty, pretty sad. I'll be honest. My spirit was broken. I fixed it. Thank God. Um, No, no, congrats. No, congrats. Listen, uh, absolutely. Congratulations. The the work involved in getting, getting ourselves to a better place can't be under overstated enough. It it just can't because it's a tremendous leap for some, a journey, and to be able to get, and, and, and what I love about what you're doing is you, you get to the other side of this mountainous cavern, and I'm sure for you at the moment, it was this huge obstacle. You've gone to the other side, and you're helping others through your, through, you know, helping them using your experiences, and so there's, 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 there's a lot, there's, I mean, I, so I commend you on that. Really well, do. thank you. Thank you. I'll, I'll be honest. If it, if it wasn't for God for some of this, I don't know if I could have, could have done it. But I'll, I'll be I'll be honest, like one thing as a scientist, like one thing that I've found interesting is just the average person doesn't have healthy self-esteem in mm. America. Mm. And it's amazing to me because those um, dedication traits is what we call them in psychometric world can make or break you like the high you, you can have like the intellect, the structure, the order, the ambition, the endurance, mm-hmm. which is what I would call a high performer, right? But if you don't have the ability to control your emotions, to control your composure, to be tough-minded, to be a team player, have the self-esteem, self-confidence, you're going to be limited. Mm. And so to help people break free, I mean, I've seen the impossible be done. I've seen companies grow to to a billion dollars in four years. It's just amazing um, what happens when you can fix those dedication traits. Wow. Wow. No, I can't because obstacles are no longer brick walls, right? Right, they're, right. They're, they're challenges. Yeah, you know, and you're like, okay, and how do I figure it? Because we all know at the other side, and you would know the other side of your challenges is all sorts of great opportunities, right? And right. so it's, 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 it's sort of being focused on, okay, what do I need to do to get to the other side of this challenge? Right, exactly. And like you were saying earlier, like life is full of problems, but if yeah. you can see them as challenges, it's amazing how that can like open you up for, versus problems kind of like make you feel more scared inward mm-hmm. and make you feel powerless. And so a lot of times people think I'm splitting hairs, but those semantics and how you view things are so important because that perspective, you're going to go in the direction of your most dominant thought at well, the end of the day. I like that point. That's a significant point. It is, it is. It is. I, I heard someone say the other day that um, uh, uh, that all of us, all of us, we have something that we believe in wholeheartedly, that we absolutely one hundred percent believe in, that we're wrong about. Mm-hmm. And 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 when you start to think like, oh, really? And it, it, it kind of humbles you a little bit, to be honest, right? <laughs> I'm wrong about something, but I mean, the idea is that you know it is quite possible because our minds can lead us astray. We can be betrayed with our thoughts. We can't have, you know, yeah, absolutely bros in my head and I'm going, yo, leave me alone. Like, you know, I mean, it's there. And so it's a real, it's a real issue for people. And you have to think about it too. Like uh, as, as a psychologist, we can't confirm or deny perspective. I mean, there's the extremes, right? (laughs) But even the extremes have the exception to the rule. Like let's take murder. Murder is acceptable in war. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, so much of the context matters so much more and, and there's biases and the amount of biases that humans can have are amazing at the end of the day. But mm-hmm. like, I, I love people who are like, I don't believe in God. There's no science. And I'm like, you do know that science is also a theory, right? Like <laughs> for every theory proven, there's another one that contradicts it. That's right. So there's so much, so much of life requires faith, faith in yes. something, faith in yourself, faith yep. in science. Yep. And if you can start to take the spine of it, it's so easy then to copy and paste it to other areas. 
But really what I think we're saying too is learning how to be open-minded, which is a skill. Yeah, 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 yeah. Learning how to be open-minded. That's a big one. Plus, you know, if you're talking with someone, I just got to this point recently in my life. It took me a while. If you're talking with someone and they're convinced that the sky is orange, let them have it. <laughs> it's yours. It's Some yours. of us, like, like perspective, it's their, it's based off of their beliefs, their experiences. Let them idea. just have some of this stuff. Like yeah. people will argue about the stupidest thing. And if you really listen, most arguments are someone trying to argue to be right. And I personally don't yeah. participate in those arguments. Mm-hmm. I got better things to do. And, 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 and those sorts of debates I always find fascinating because what they oftentimes lead to is why you're wrong. Right? And, and that's why we, I'm right. right. Exactly. And so you're just like, and, and then, and then, and then if you, if you stay with it a bit longer, you start to be vilified for thinking the way you do. Right. And, and, and only just because it's different than you. That's the only reason. Yes. Yes. I, I know. Yeah. One, time, one time my boyfriend was, we were in an argument and he, he, I was just like, you know what? It sounds like you just want to be right. And I don't participate in these conversations. So I have nothing to say. <laughs> and it was just funny to see his reaction. And that's what I say to people. Like when I start to see here that you just want to be right, the best thing you can do is leave the conversation. Yeah. 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 So we, we've talked a lot about what it is and, 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 and the triggers and all the, the, the whole mastering and, and, and mastering our mindset. I know you just, for example, you said being practiced on being or learn the skill of being open-minded as an example of one of the things that we can do. What else would you suggest are good things we try to do to, to get, you know, get master that mindset? Yes. Um, one of, <laughs> so I specialize in neuropsychotherapy. And I remember when I first started my training in it, I was like, yes, I'm going to get this science. I'm going to get this nerdiness. And I'm so excited. Unfortunately, some of the things to really master your mindset are so like, and that's it. Like, it's just like no climax, right? Right. The best skill I could tell somebody to master is acceptance. Mm. Humans want to have a reason for everything, but you have to understand sometimes there's not a reason for something. And that's a lot of cognitive dissonance for people. It's a lot of like hard for people to wrap their their heads around you have to learn radical acceptance in psychology is, is opening yourself up to a situation as it is without changing it to be more ideal for you. So it's letting go of the desire to control something and really allowing yourself to feel what you feel again, you're observing. So that's the power of mindfulness, but acceptance is a game changer. It will allow you to not fall into an argument with someone who wants to be right. It will allow you to be like, probably more patient even while you drive and traffic acceptance is the most powerful skill I can I can teach a person and it's it's difficult too because there's a lot of maturity there's a lot of growing you're going to have to do to really get to that ability to implement the acceptance and you're really going to need that optimistic viewpoint because I think if you struggle with like like a lot of times people who struggle with depression, which is a really big word at the end yep. of the day, mm-hmm. they're struggling to practice acceptance because usually what happens is how they want the world, their world to be and how their world is, is, is conflicting. And so they're frustrated with that reality versus when you can accept it, you're actually able then to do more impactful things within it. Right. Right. It's it's right. pretty crazy. It's it's a simple tool, a simple yeah. skill that is so difficult to master. Well, well, it's funny because when when you when you say driving as an example, I mean, if someone cuts you off, when you and they and they drive off, what are you gonna do? Like you're left with this thing, and you either accept it, or I mean, I guess you can chase them down and tell them that you're pissed off, but that's not productive and that's not healthy and it's silly, you- right? Yeah, like, yeah. Right? So it is really about what what do you do. So what do you do when something happens that you can't change the circumstance and you can't do anything about it? What do you do? You have to accept it. You have to. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, humans are really pretty helpless. And and, I mean, in like the big picture of stuff, not like that we are helpless beings, but we don't have a lot of control over anything. The only thing you can control is yourself. Yeah. And so you got to learn how to practice acceptance, especially if you're in a relationship with a romantic relationship, business partner, partner, employees, like acceptance is just very freeing. Right, right. And, and, and so, so, and for me, I mean, oftentimes when I I finish these great conversations, I think about sort of what I take away, what my takeaway is. And for me, it's just, just, just the power of our thinking, Elizabeth, like, and, and how much control we have. Um, not to say that again, and we, we talked earlier, not to say we won't have negative thoughts, not to say that they won't enter our minds, but what do we do with them when they arrive? Do we yeah. let them take up space or do we 
push him along as you suggested. Yeah. Yeah. Letting him go. And that's the other thing. When you can practice acceptance, you can practice uh, the acceptance of letting go your thoughts. And people are always like, well, how do I let go? (laughs) That's such a big question, isn't it? and, And here's the thing. Most people don't like the answer, but you know, if you can, if you can pick up a cup, and you put the cup down yep. and you remove your hands, yep. that's letting go. That's the same <laughs> application here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that cup didn't piss me off. That cup didn't get me upset. That cup didn't rile up my emotions, right? Like, <laughs> But if you stop for a second, and that was a that was perfect, that 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 um dialogue right there, that was perfect. Because if you stop for a second, nine out of ten times, it's selfishness. Mm-hmm. It's so, life's going to go wow. my way. They did this to me. Like, look at the narration. You, you, that's you. Huge. At that's some huge. point, you got to be like, all right, well, the world don't revolve around you. They pissed that's... you off. Understand that's your problem, not theirs. Yes, because yes. they've already gone. They've left. They've moved on to something else. Well, no one has the power to do anything to you that you don't give them. Like, you can't make me mad if I don't come into agreement with it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Like I have, I have friends that are um, changing, that are shifting genders. I don't know the correct way of saying that, but they're, they're, they're transgender and they're in the process of transferring. And some of them are getting so frustrated that they're calling being called the wrong sex when yet they still don't, they haven't fully transitioned yet. And I I had to sit them down and be like, understand that's your issue. Like this isn't their fault. You're getting mad because it's, 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 it's um, tapping on your insecurities Yes, yes, yes. and understand it's your insecurity that you're going to have to deal with and then practice acceptance and then give people grace because you know, some of some people are just programmed that it's it's kind of it's a bias, like it's automatic. We see yep. it, we just assume, and you move forward. Yep. And so you have to just remember that it's your issue sometimes, which people don't like to hear. But it's true. no, no, it's very true. And and and, and I want to highlight something you said about giving people grace because yeah. that's sometimes the forgotten last step, if you will. Right? Yeah. Um, we're assuming that people in their heads, they're in our minds, they know how we feel, we know how we think, uh, and, and, and they don't. And we just have to understand that perhaps in that moment, they were preoccupied with something else and that something else going on in their world. Maybe they just don't are totally unaware. Maybe they weren't raised that way. There are so many reasons that will will justify why I didn't see the way you saw it, but I shouldn't be vilified for that. And you're so right too. And and I personally, like I've hurt people's feelings. I mean, I can be really tactless in what I say, (laughs) Um, but most of the time, people aren't really thinking about the other, like we're self-absorbed humans at the end of the day. Like, like sometimes again, that personalization, like, did they mean to hurt you or were they just being, being mindless or not hundred percent aware or focus on their own issues, their own problems. And I'll say just really quickly, the three um, mindsets that hold people back the most that I've experienced in, in my practice is rejection. So being, you know, really needing that human approval, um, jealousy and envy are another one because it makes you so preoccupied with like a lateral viewpoint and going forward. Right. And then bitterness, that unforgiveness, bitterness will do. I mean, bitterness is even linked to cancer. Bitterness is huge. And if you Mm. have, I tell my clients, we have to break these three mindsets. If you really want to start to reach your potential and kind of going back to grace, you have to learn how to quickly forgive because we all fall short. We all mess up. Look, I've cut people off before driving and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I don't know what I was thinking. My brain said, don't go. And my foot said, go. And I'm like, you know, it just happens. Uh, I've done that. I've been there too. So I I can relate. I would have, I would have thought fear would have been high on that list of top three. Um, Fear is, is big. Usually fear. I mean, some of these things go into, um, into them as well. Like they weave in. Um, I I mean, I tell my clients that rejection is typically the last spirit we want to deal with, if you will. And then you have fear and then you have unlovingness, Mm -hmm. um, but bitterness and jealousy and envy, they all fit in it. At the end of the day, bitterness and jealousy are going to keep you focused on other people, versus moving forward. So when you think about bandwidth, we only have Mm -hmm. so much bandwidth in a day, right? And so that if only, or if I had this, it just, it causes you to be so frustrated and so angry. And then it feeds that rejection spirit. And then that bitterness causes you to just 
it, it causes you to just be a mean, nasty person at the end yes. of the day. Yes. And you aren't going to be present minded or focused when you're so worried about how that person hurts you. I mean, if you think about the rise of suicide right now mm. in America, um, it's, it's self-bitterness. I mean, the last right. step in, in bitterness is murder and people forget that you can also self-murder, but also murder people with your words. Yeah. 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 No. Powerful. 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 Um, one one last point I wanted to touch on, and and this this is that's amazing chat, man. We had such a great time talking. Thank you so much, fun. Um, well, and I love the manner in which you just made it very free, understandable in your delivery. So that, that very much is appreciated. Um, the, 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 I guess there must be something. Uh, so we, when we talk about acceptance and accepting situations as they are, there also be I guess there must, something must be said in terms of who who we are and and, and knowing who we are. And knowing sort of where we are in, in, in the grand scheme of things, because um, I think if we have that clear understanding of of what our drives, what triggers are, triggers us, what makes us happy, what makes us sad, understanding you know our our, our personality dimensions, like these things can help put us in a better a better place. Can they not? Oh, absolutely. I wish grade school spent more time on teaching you about you <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, yes. But that probably wouldn't work for the government. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, you you have to take some time to learn yourself. It's kind of like relationships, right? Like relationships, you always need to renegotiate the roles, yep. boundaries, the values. It's yep. the same with yourself. You know, you've got to figure out who are you? What's your wiring? You know, what are the, the the things you see that causes you to reconstruct memories that will cause you to be cruel? But you also have to remember, like, whatever the assessment says about you, because I, I do believe in assessments here and there. Um, it, it's not like it's it's carved in stone. I mean, the brain is so powerful. Neuroplasticity, yes. rewiring your brain is yes. so is such a real thing. So if you do not like something about yourself, mm-hmm. you can change that. But yes. you have to be willing and you have to be consistent with it. And only you can do that work. I mean, I'm I'm a therapist. I'm a coach. I can align you to the trigger perfectly. Yep. You have to pull the trigger. I can't do it. And if you jerk or hesitate or overthink it or what have you, then that's unfortunately going to be your result. You're going to you're going to be shifted out a little bit. And so you have to do do the work. And at the end of the day, we're learning that emotional intelligence is going to take you way further than intellectual intelligence. I think we all know that really smart person who's not wise at all. Got you. <laughs> right? Like they're just like not wise. They're like, ooh, right? Yeah. And wisdom is so much better than that knowledge at the end of the day because yes. There's always the exception to the rule. Always. Yes, 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 yes. One more capital. Yes, I agree. Elizabeth, listen, this is so far. First off, thank you uh, for for being here. I very much appreciate the dialogue and chat. It was so much fun. And again, uh, very, very informative. So thank you for, for, for our listeners who are wanting to learn more about you or the work that you do. Um, I know you're going to send us those 17 uh, thinking traps for sure. We'll get that out there for people, but where can they find out more about your catch up with you and your work? Yeah, they can go to my website, Elizabeth Lewis, L O U I S.com. I spell it like Joe Lewis, the boxer. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm also very big on LinkedIn and Instagram. I have a YouTube channel. I, I have you. have all the stuff except for Twitter. I'm just not. I have. I don't. I don't tweet. It's 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 it's. it's I, I got one. I don't tweet a whole lot often, but I got a count. There's only so many platforms I can spend my time on. <laughs> I just did. I just did. No, this has been so good. Again, when I when I when, you, when I look at. Well, the, the, the dialogue and conversation we have here on this podcast and how we want uh, people to be encouraged to 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 think audaciously and yeah. boldly. This this is, you know, what we've talked about today is so much in line with that. So again, thank you for contributing to the conversation. Well, thank you for having me. And the last thing I'll say is if you can imagine it, you can do huh? it. I love it. If you can imagine it, you can do it. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you, Elizabeth. Take care. Thank you. Back we are on the podcast, and I want to extend my thanks and appreciation to Elizabeth for being here and helping us to understand the, the power, the immense power of our thoughts and how we can use them to improve the quality of our lives. As well, be sure to check out our show notes to see that list of the 17 thinking traps that Elizabeth and I talked about. It uh, really is an insightful read. I encourage you to check it out. So thanks again, Elizabeth, for being here. It was such a great time having you on the podcast podcast. 
You know, when I think back to my conversation that we just had, I really appreciated so much of what Elizabeth had to say. But if there's just one thing that I would take from our chat, it would have to be this. Being a tough-minded, optimistic person is about having a positive outlook on life while also being resilient and adaptable in the face of challenges. It means having the courage to face difficult situations head-on and the ability to maintain a positive attitude even in the face of adversity. There are a ton of benefits to being a tough-minded optimist. For one, it can help you stay motivated and focused on your goals. And, that, and that's even when things are getting tough. It can also help you maintain a, a sense of perspective, which allows you to see challenges as opportunities for learning. Here are a few things that you can do to develop a tough-minded, optimistic mindset. Instead of dwelling on the negative aspects of a situation, try to focus on the positive. You know, look for the, the opportunities and the silver linings and try and maintain a sense of gratitude when things are going well. Develop your resiliency by building up your coping skills. And those are things such as problem solving, stress management, and self-care. Recognize that failure is a natural part of life and it can be a valuable learning opportunity. So when we experience failure, take the time to reflect on what went wrong and how you can improve in the future. Surrounding yourself with positive people and influences uh, can help you reinforce an optimistic mindset. Seek out those relationships and activities that make you feel energized and inspired. And then finally, cultivate a growth mindset. Instead of feeling limited by your current circumstances, focus on the potential for growth and improvement. And I assure you, these things will help you develop an optimistic mindset, which is an absolutely audacious feeling. We've come to the end of another episode of the Audacious Living Podcast. And as always, I th send my thanks and appreciation to our amazing listeners and all those lovers of audaciousness. I really appreciate you and thank you for your tremendous ongoing support. Until next time, stay safe, be kind, show love to one another, and be audacious. You've been listening to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by Audley Stevenson. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Until next time, be audacious.